Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Heat Army Podcast Live. Um, as you can see, Davy Steele has <laughs> arrived on the show a month He's joining the crew. Um, before we get into that, um, obviously, busy week at Gateshead, of course. They went down to Torquay at the weekend. Uh, come back with a point. I think it's a decent point uh, on the grand scheme of things. A hell of a journey. I think the lads were more than 18 hours in that coach altogether. <laughs> Um, so they went down there, got a point, uh, and you know, wouldn't you know, other teams around us picked up points, but we're we're not bottom of the league anymore. Um, we haven't been for a little while, but you know, we're, we're gradually getting up there. Uh, so if you went down to Torquay, please do send us a message, let us know how your trip was, how the game was. We are going to play some of the highlights that were put up by the club and talk about it. Uh, in uh, very shortly uh also as well we'll be pre- previewing the game on saturday against Aldershot. don't forget to 12 p.m uh, 12 30 kickoff on saturday and also uh we're going to be speaking to our guest adam summerton as well who's a national league commentator of course commentates on a lot of other things as well as we'll find out uh during the show um so if you've got any messages send them in like subscribe and you know what to do on that Right, let's get to the elephant in the room. Davy Steele, we give him the big <laughs> the big thing of saying he was joining us here on the Heat Army podcast <laughs> one of the uh, for a Mars bar and a bag of Skittles. Uh, that signing has been completed now, and Davy's off the island. He does have internet connection. How are you doing, Davy? Oh, I'm very good, thank you. It's great to see you, lads. Great to be on here. And um, it's only taken three months. So, you know, I'm blaming those puffins. I mean, those puffins. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Luke's Portello gents, hard fought point against Tokyo on City. Glad to see Steely on the show finally. <laughs> right, wait till you hear him speak and then you'll you'll probably change your mind on yeah, that. Yeah, I'll probably probably switch off. I said I would never talk about puffins, so that's it. That's the last time I ever mentioned puffins. Um barbecue incidents. But um we've got this uh, good evening from uh Charles Worth. Keep evening, Charlie. We've got Liv as well. Right, uh, let's get straight into this before we bring our guest in very shortly. Um Saturday, the lads went down to uh, Torquay, as we mentioned there before. Um, you know, Elliot Forbes scoring the goal to uh, bring us back a point. And can I just say, it, uh, I'm a big fan of Elliot Forbes. I know Mickey it drools over him when we mentioned his name. <laughs> but he went out on loan. He, had, he was away for a little while. He's come back in, played 90 minutes the other day, and then comes in and scores uh, a vital goal down at Torquay. Uh, fantastic to have him back and fit because that's the loan spell has worked its wonders. He's he's come back fit and fit. Yes, and not only that, he's got his fiftieth perform, his fiftieth appearance in, uh, and he's one of the local lads who's come through the come through the ranks, and he's had a torrid couple of years with injuries, and that goal will do him the world of good. He was excited to start against. Um, so then, and he'd be absolutely buzzing with that. Yeah, I'm sure he is. And I'm buzzing for him. Lovely, lovely little skill there by uh, Dan Ward. It was put up on social media that uh, he's keeping the cover, keeping together. He's doing the nutmegs there. Dan Ward, uh, another player that's having a good season. He's stepped up well. Um, so going down there, obviously the bottom of the league, I think it's a false position for Torquay. Uh, they're a very yeah. good, countryside, great manager. I think I would have. I, was, I, mean, I know I did say three-one in the predictions last week. Mickey did go one-one. I was probably being, you know, a little bit, you know, <laughs> over the top of that one. But to get a point um, and some magnificent saves there by uh, James Montgomery as well, who we should give a special mention to. But yeah, uh, to get a point on the road, especially when we're, you know, we're picking up points, winning a few games, it's 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 nice at the minute. 
We're, we're delighted, really, weren't we? It's um, against a, a team down at the bottom. We seem to struggle against some of the teams at the bottom of the league this season, haven't we? I was just looking, you know, Yeovil away, Scunthorpe away, you know, real disappointing results, those two. Um, so it was it, great to pick up a point in a hard fought point as well and just looking at the um the picture you can see the conditions can't you, you can see the stand and water around the pitch and stuff so yeah it was a, it was a good battling point it will have, will have done the lads that's and, of world course, of good. and of course it coincides with players coming back from injury we've got a strong i mean that was the strongest bench i've seen in a long time for gated yeah. uh since even since parts of last season it was, it was very <laughs> very strong to have a defensive uh cover on there as well so it does look really great that you know we're starting to get players back hopefully those in touch wood touch wood or everything else uh them injuries <laughs> gone because we, we we had our fair share but uh i see what oh, yeah oh yeah definitely we're we starting to see some positivity you know south end result this torquay results you know just starting to see you know glimmers because well i thought there was glimmers in this in the stevenage game because when we yeah. got, when we you know when we were got the two two and before you know, one more uh, two one down when we got about a two one, we looked like the only team that was going to do something. We looked dangerous on the front foot. We haven't seen that in a while. They were playing with confidence. That Camille Conta, we know what he's you know, the two magnificent goals he scored from yeah. outside the box. He's grown in confidence. His loan spells weren't well for him from Middlesbrough. And we're just starting to see things click a little bit more. Players are finding their feet because let's be honest, a lot of the lads that we've brought in on loan are young lads, they've come out to develop, and you know, it's it's the benefit them but hopefully benefit us and I think we're starting to see those seeds just start to sprout something now I, I think so it's, it, like I say Louis Story back on the bench um, yeah Aaron Martin starting games uh, obviously Forbes he's back in, in the mix Lewis Knights on the getting closer yeah there was pictures on social media today yeah, there was the goal for Torquay there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we did try to get a Torquay no. fan last week. We couldn't get one. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to see the, the Forbes goal coming up soon. But, you know, to see yeah. the, the calibre of players coming back, and I think to get Louis Story there, even just for rotation uh, with the defence, you know, at the back and give us some more options. I mean, it's a good header, that yeah. play as well. A good header, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, just a quick shout out to the Heat Army as well. How many did we take? 27. Was it 27 salts uh, down there? I mean, come on, to, all the way to Torquay, you know, when money's tight and all of that. I don't think, considering the, 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 yeah, considering the climate at the moment and how much it is to yeah. travel just down to the middle of the country, never mind all the way down there. And it's, it's hard to do in one day. It's nearly always an overnight uh, down there. But yeah, so... Uh, Oh, yeah, that's a good save there. Yeah. Uh, no, no, massive show. And if anyone wants down there, please do send us a message. We'll see if we can get this goal from uh, Forbesy, and then we'll give it is. Here it comes, pile driver. It doesn't matter how they're doing, as long as they're going. As, they're going. <laughs> as I said, there, more importantly, it was uh, nice to see Elliot Forbes get on the score sheet. Uh, right, we've got a message from Cow Daily. Really happy with our own beaten run. Uh, start with a draw. It looks <laughs> like it could have been an easier run, uh, easier to turn around the QE2 the last couple uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, credit to the lads, yeah, it's been really good. Right, we're going to yeah. play an advert from our sponsors and then we'll. We're going to bring our guest in as well. Uh, so one second, we'll just uh, remember, like, and subscribe to our uh, sponsors. And we'll be back in a second.
Well, they were harmed, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, Adam, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I say Pleasure. People will be familiar with your voice if they watch uh, the National League games on PT Sports and, of course, a, a, a lot of other places as well. Um, I say, got you on predominantly to talk about the league. Um, it's such a strong league this year. And um, it must be quite exciting to go to some of the grounds you get to go to this year because it... it doesn't typically feel like a non-league season. Well, I think the more that you watch this league, the the more the years go on. I've been covering it for, I think it must be about seven or eight years now. And, you know, it's amazing. When I go and watch my girls play football, at the minute, the, the dads on the touchline want to talk to me about the National League, <laughs> which, <laughs> which when I cover all the levels of football that I do is, is kind of weird. It's just something that's not happened really before. But yeah, they're saying, you know, what about predominantly about Wrexham and Notts County? And I must admit, but, you know, they're, they're wanting to talk about that level of football. And, you know, when I go on things like Twitter, the, the majority of the interactions I seem to have are about the National League. But as you said, I cover all different competitions. So, yeah, I think undoubtedly the, the profile has been raised of the National League for a variety of reasons. I guess the whole Wrexham story has, has definitely played a part in that. There's no doubting it. But I think that you're right to talk about the standards and the standards is probably as high as I've ever known it in the National League. Um, and again, there are many reasons for that. One of them is the bottleneck that's developed as a result of there only being one automatic promotion place. I think that's a factor. But there's just been a general rise in standards right through the levels. Everything's more professional than maybe it used to be. And, you know, the more that I speak to people who watch League One and League Two, particularly League Two regularly, and even people who work at that level, uh, League Two, they say to me, look, there isn't a great deal of difference now between League Two and the National League. I think in in our time, obviously, we've been demoted and got, and got ourselves back in that three-year period. That does feel like there's a, a definite rise in the standard of the national leagues, you know, even in that short space of time. But but then when you look at the calibre of the clubs that are here in this league, Scunthorpe, Oldham, we're talking about Wrexham, mm-hmm. Notts County, uh, Chesterfield, there's a plethora of clubs that you would arguably say oh, were League two, League One clubs, you know, or it could even be flirting with the championship, the size of them. And it just, it has, it's raised it so much further. But the Hollywood effect with Wrexham is, it's done so much more for the league than I think they realise. Yeah, I think it's quite a remarkable story, really. I mean, I was only seeing today, I was doing my prep for our live game at the weekend. We're doing York against Wrexham, which for a, a lot of reasons would be quite interesting fixture to cover, actually, when you consider what's happening at York at the moment. But when I was reading up about Wrexham, I found that their Boxing Day game, their home game, I think it's against Solihull, sold out in less than 10 minutes the other day. Wow. Which wow. is astonishing <laughs> when you think that it's, it's, that's 10,000 crowd. You know, it's it's not a small crowd. That's that's 10,000 people in a, a fifth-tier game, and it sells out in 10 minutes. And then I read another story that they had 57 fans came from Canada to watch them in their, their <laughs> FA Cup tie. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a remarkable thing that's happening there, and I know that people have different opinions on the Wrexham story. I get that. I I totally understand that, and I understand why some people have misgivings about it. I understand why some people are really positive about it. I, I try and see everyone's point of view with the Wrexham story, um, but I don't. What's undeniable for me is how they've captured the imagination of the local public first and foremost, which is the most important thing. Um, and then secondly, how they are making Wrexham 
and I, I say this sincerely, into almost a, a global brand. Uh, you know, one one of the score apps the other the other day, I think, was saying that one of their most searched for teams now in the whole of the world is Wrexham, yeah. which is <laughs> astonishing, really, when you think about it. So it's an amazing, read, amazing even, story. Even off the pitch, I read about that they haven't changed their. Um, people that make the strips because they can't keep up with the demand. demand. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and that, it is crazy. And if you do on Twitter as well, you, you will see it. Uh, like you mentioned, it was a 50 odd fans come over from Canada. There's yeah. quite a few come up that you see come over because they want, because I haven't watched uh, the Wrexham documentary yet. Yeah. I still mean to, but they're, they're going to places that are featured in the program, in the, in the program. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, a, it's like a pilgrimage and it's only been one season. <laughs> and, you know, and, and let's be honest, I haven't, I haven't achieved much yet. It's still great what they've done. I mean, we'd all beat, we'd all bite the hands off to get what they've got. But having, you know, when they do eventually win a league, um, it's going to be something special, isn't it? And but I think we're all going to get the rub from that. Hopefully, we'll see the you know when when it's our turn to play Wrexham at home. And I think the the National League streaming service will be coming in soon next year uh, in the turn of the year. So it's going to give clubs an opportunity to promote themselves while playing some of these bigger boys to to that global market. Because if a Wrexham fan wants to watch it from California, they're going to be able to watch that game live. Crazy. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that it's raised the the profile of, of the league as well. But look, it isn't just about Wrexham. One no. of the one of the the things that I like so much about this league is the stories that it gives us. That's just one of the stories. There are so many, aren't there? When you look at right through the league, and you, it, that's not just at the top end of it either. You know, if they were to get promoted, clearly that's a huge story. Not just because of the Hollywood owners, but the fact that is this it's either their thirteenth or their fourteenth straight season at this level. So. Just for them to go up, take away the whole Hollywood side of it, that's a big story in itself. And he already mentions, you know, teams like Notts County and Chesterfield, who realistically, I think, could, if in the future, knock on the door of the championship. I think size yeah. a club, they're, they're big enough to do yeah. that. Um, and then, you know, you look right through the levels. You, you've got, for example... It's, it's a, I suppose, it's a negative story in some ways, but you've got, you know, a club like Oldham, the size of them, potentially fighting relegation. You know, a guy who's lived in the town for 50 years uh, buys the club and, you know, that's a great... I mean, we could go through pretty much every single team in that league and mm-hmm. I could, I could, we could talk about great stories and that that's the fantastic thing about covering this level of football. You get the hard luck stories, you get, um, you know, some amazing games, you get you get individual stories of, of hardship or maybe overcoming hardship. Um, you get clubs who've risen through the ranks. You, you get, you might get a, a, a rich benefactor coming. There's so many different things yeah. in, in this league to keep us occupied. Well, if you look at um, just not County, just was it just last week was the, the ground attractor, the game attracted 16,000. Yeah. yeah. Was? I mean, yeah. that's, that's phenomenal really for a national league. I know they had offers, et cetera, but still it's, you know, national league football. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. amazing, isn't it? And, um, you know, Redson pulling in 10,000. Got, got a question for Adam from Mason. Uh, the, in the games that you've done with BT, uh, who's been your standout player this season in the National League? Um, I think it's hard to look beyond Langstaff, isn't it, as the outstanding player in the league this yeah, season? I had to rub it in, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. well, sorry, fellas, but yeah. I, sure, I don't know if you've seen today, but there was there's one or two media reports that, that he could fetch a fee of a million pounds, they say. Well, th- I think there may be something behind it because one of the articles was written by someone that works for the media team at Notts County. Um, yep. so um, they've put that out, so they must know something. Well, um, become the so, second non league player to go for a million, yeah. Um, and I've seen a lot of I, heard about it. I don't think it was Derby, 
Derby yeah. were, yeah, champion, they're apparently a championship club's interested. I suppose I'll, I'll flip this on its head a bit. Can I ask you a question? You, you three a question. Did you think he would hit these heights at knots that he has done? And do, do you think yeah. that he's good enough to go and play in the championship? After last season, yes. When we yeah. first signed him, I would have laughed at you. Because when we yeah. first got him back from York, we it were thinking, a, why we brought him back? That's it, was, right. yeah. it, was an, it was an underwhelming signing, um, in truth, when we brought him back. Yep. Um, scored a few goals, looked all right, and uh, he was he had a similar first stint to when we had Jordan Preston. He threatened to do something and show something. You always thought there was a, a great goal in him or you know, a good finish. And then... We heard like rumours um, during the, the season that got curtailed because the club obviously being full-time carried on training. So from March, April time, there was rumours that Macaulay was flying in training and you think, well, you know, that's all well and good. The season doesn't start for another three months. You know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And then as soon as the season started, um, he wow. just looked phenomenal. He just had that extra, just that touch that took him an extra yard away from a player. And his finishing was just sublime. And the longer it went on through the season, you thought, are we going to be able to keep a hold of him? And then, obviously, we, we managed to sign him to a, a contract extension, but that had the release clause. But that's good business by Gator, because in years gone by, players would have left for nothing. Uh, so Gator at least got something out of the deal. I don't think there's a sell-on, because there was a release clause activated. Uh, I believe that's the way it works. So, unfortunately, Gator might miss out on something on the end of this transfer but I, 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 we had no doubt because we were well, obviously it was a big shock when he left but no surprise at the same time if we had stayed we thought well we would be competitive because we've got the goals with Macaulay Langstaff and Kedwin Scott yeah yeah, yeah. and um yeah uh, it's no surprise uh, uh, maybe n- the amount of rate of goals he's been the way he's been like competing with Haaland was probably a surprise but not, not <laughs> the league Haaland yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, t- I tell you another player that, that I would have to mention because I think in terms of the all-round package, if we're talking not just about a finisher, but in terms of the technique level for, for this standard of football, I think a player who really deserves a mention for his consistency as well as Jeff King at Chesterfield. Yeah. Um, I think they've done really well to get him on. a. I think it's a two-year contract with the option of a third year. And I think they'll be absolutely delighted by that because... Um, I, I mean, I've absolutely no doubt that he could play in the football league. I think he's a really good footballer, and it, it, it could be, it could be one of those. Sorry, it could be one of them players that kind of goes under the radar this season because of the likes of Palmer and Mullins at Wrexham and Macaulay Langstaff stealing the headlines, where he just keeps plugging away and scoring them goals. Yeah, lots of yeah. assists as well. Yeah, so. I like the. Is it an Armenian lad at Chesterfield? Dobra. Do you, do you mean Dobra? Dobra? It, yeah, yeah. He yeah. looks a good player as well, mate. Mm. Wow! Yeah, couldn't agree. I, he would be. He, if I was sort of naming a top five or ten, he would definitely be in that. Yeah, he would, uh, he would be in looked, that list. He's got quality, Dobra. Like, um, but there's a few, um, right across the league. Um, I mean, I still like Jamal. Is it for him? What is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got another question for Adam. Um, it's got uh, Adam. Which sides are up for promotion? Do you think from the national league and the best game you've done commentary on in the national league this year? Or any time I would put that to. Well, the, the the second question is, I was going to say it's easy. I mean, we've had some absolutely belting games over the years. I've got a lot of good memories covering this league. But the, the last season's playoff semi-final um, at the race course 
Wrexham four, Grimsby five is is oh, probably yeah. <laughs> not just the best National League game I've ever seen. Probably the best game I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I was I, I was exhausted. I had to go and lie down in a dark room after that. It was simply unbelievable. Oh, wow. I've never seen a game. It was. I mean, some of the defending, particularly from set pieces, was absolutely abysmal. I mean, all the players involved would hold their hands up at that. And I mean, I'm not. But as a game of football, it just had everything. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, in terms, in terms of the promotion race, in, in my view, it's it's three teams. In, sorry for the title. I mean, yeah, for the title. I think it's three teams that we're looking at: um, Wrexham, Notts, and Chesterfield. Um, I think you've got to make, when all things considered, I would make Wrexham the favourites. If I'm to make a case for Notts County, I'd say they've only lost once this season, um, but which is one game less than Wrexham. I think Wrexham's away form um, might be a slight concern. Uh, they've got a hundred percent, yeah, they've got hundred percent record at home. But I think it's fourteen points they've dropped away from home, yeah, um, which is not terrible by any means. But what I'm saying is, if you're trying to make a case for somebody other than Wrexham, mm. you might look at that and think, well, if if Notts County can just be there or thereabouts, and indeed perhaps Chesterfield then they, they might be able to cause the problem. I also wonder with Wrexham, and I've said this right from pre-season, I mean, the bookies with basically seem to be suggesting the title race would be over by Christmas when we were looking at some of the, <laughs> yeah. the pre-season odds. Yep. And I said, I never felt it would be like that. I just look watch this league for a long time. And I think one of the reasons that players are at this level is because they're inconsistent. So it'd be very hard for a team to be so consistent that they won a league by 20, 25 yep. points, for instance. <laughs> So I think for that main reason, I felt the title race would, would be closer than some people expected. Um, but I just wonder with Wrexham whether the weight of history might weigh a little bit in the, in the coming, if they're, you know, they're close coming the final weeks of the season. You know, 13, 14 seasons that club's been out yeah. of the Football League. You know, even for really good footballers, that the pressure might tell a little bit in that respect. But they should win it. But I, I, I'm hoping that, that, that Notts County and Chesterfield keep them honest. And then, of course, we have... You know, this brilliant playoff system in, in the National, which has been a fantastic innovation, I think, that they brought in mm -hmm. several years ago now, which means that it goes down to seventh place. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole raft of teams, isn't there, that, 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 yeah. that could be involved yeah. in that. And it's likely to be very exciting, just like it was last season. It um, sorry, I've got one message here. I've got to, I've got to read it out. Uh, it's got, wow, a huge microphone, Dave. I do not have microphone envy. It's how you use it. Um, <laughs> hey, we're just we're just talking about this. I thought it's flask. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the strength of a league. Is there any part-time clubs in this division? Is anyone is a Dorking or Dorking part-time? I, I think there's three. There's Maidenheads is one, isn't it? Um, oh, Maidenhead, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, Wheelstone is another, yeah. yeah. A Wheelstone um, part-time, motherfucking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you've got yeah. Altrincham, who've just moved now to a, oh, in the summer, they moved to a full-time setup, right. so it, they're in the kind of infancy, the, the sort of that that weird changeover period that you get yeah. when you go from part-time to full-time. So um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there's any others, but I mean, I'd, I mean... I guess the reason you're saying that is to point out how you know things have changed over the years yeah, and how much yep. stronger this is. You know, Absolutely. I, do you know what? When I talk about the National League now, and, and if I mention it, maybe if I'm on a, a podcast or I'm on social media, and you, you still call it non-league, but you know, I'm almost loath to call it non-league now yeah, because non-league for me has division, almost yeah. negative... It, it, I don't mean this in a bad way, but it, it carries from years gone by almost sort of 
negative amateurish yeah. connotations, doesn't yeah. it? Whereas People I, I, I look at it yeah. as one man and his dog still. Yeah, you which know, is it's just yeah. not like that, is it at all? I mean, it's a world away from that now. Well, I mean, question here from D, uh, Mick Scullies, but do you think we'll ever see three up, three down from uh, between League Two and National League? I think, to me personally, I think it's a, it's time. It's time. Yep. The, the size of the clubs and yeah, we mentioned the golfing yeah. class isn't isn't that big. Um, a lot of the players have played football league. Most of them have. And I think um, the size of the, the, a lot of the clubs are getting bigger attendances than what's in the football league. So the argument is there that it can, you know, be easier for clubs to to be able to progress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something I've been banging the drum for now for a, quite a long time. I mean, I think it's grossly unfair. Um, I really feel uh, quite passionate about it actually because I feel really feel sorry for a lot of these clubs that are, you know, that they're well supported, they're well backed, they're professionally run. Um, and it's so hard for them to get into the football league, you know, yeah. one automatic promotion place. And the reason people will always say as to why it won't happen is they'll say, well, well the football club, football league clubs won't vote for it and they need to vote for it. And I get that. I understand that. Yeah. But I would look at this a different way and they would say, well, they won't vote for it because it's like turkeys voting for Christmas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I see it a different way. And I wonder why more people don't see it this way is that, if I were a League Two chairman or owner, and I would look at a club like Wrexham, who've been, who had one, maybe one bad season and have ended up 13, 14 years at this level, and I would look at a club like Oldham, who've got relegated, and it might take them a long time to get back up again. And I'd look at it and I'd think, well, we're only one bad season away from being in that position ourselves. So wouldn't it be better if we had an insurance policy of sorts of an extra promotion place. But yeah. nobody ever talks it because football always thinks short-term. Very rarely in football do we think medium to long-term. It's always the short-term. And I just think that I, I wonder why more of it's not more is made of that, that it would effectively be a little bit like, I don't know if it's the best way of describing it, but that's the best explanation I can think of, yeah. like a, an insurance policy, that there is that extra chance that you can come straight back up again. Well, Taylor Howie asks, uh, wasn't there talk of the National League becoming part of the EFL as League Three? Uh, there's always rumours and rumblings, but as you say, it's it's whether the National, uh, the Football League clubs want to vote in favour of that uh, and what goes along with it. Um, we've got, uh, got a question here. Does Adam think uh, Gator's got what it takes to be in League Two in a couple of years with Mike Williamson? <laughs> so well, you know what? You know, I, I was so surprised when you asked me to come on here and, and I had a look at your record since our live game that we did at Maidenhead, if my memory yeah. serves me right. Yeah. I think it was in September. And I know that there's been problems with injuries, but I was particularly surprised to see that, that, that you hadn't won away from home since then because I remember coming away from that game and I was really impressed. I, I, honestly, I really was because I think you'd gone into that game off the bat of a, back of a pretty bad run. Yeah. I remember watching the match and several, there was, I think Ollie had a really good game that day. I remember, I remember the forward line I felt looked, and I, just the brand of football as well. I was, I thought these, these play a really nice brand of football and they were really mm. stretching Maidenhead, who've always been a difficult side to play against, particularly at, at York Road. And I thought these will be, I think I actually said at the end of the game, if they carry on playing like that, they will be nowhere near the relegation battle. Yeah. So it's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then, then every player fell down injured. Um, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so, um, I mean, I, I think it's too early to be talking about promotion. Obviously, it's about yeah, making yeah. sure that you stay yeah. up right now. Um, I think it's fantastic that the club got back in, in, into the National League. Although, you know, I was reading quotes from Mike Williamson before I did that commentary at Maidenhead. And, you know, the, the, the sort of... Um, he didn't use these words himself, but the the feeling I got from things he was saying was that they'd almost gone up unexpectedly, if you like, that it was against the odds that mm. that maybe they'd gone up earlier than they thought they would do, um, which is totally fair, really, when you look at what the, where the club was just a year before that. Yeah. Um, it's a, it was an absolutely fantastic achievement. I know they had two two out and out goal scorers, you know, in the side, which obviously <laughs> is going to help. Yeah. But I think that there was a lot more to it than that. When you look at some of the, the players who've been there a long time and the, the, the team spirit and, and the, that they built behind the scenes as well. I mean, I, I read a lot about the, the, the senior players or the, I think there was a, a few of them said that they were reminiscing at the back of the coach after they got promoted and they were just saying, can't quite believe what, what this club has gone through and how quickly it's gone through that over the course of yeah, the yeah. year. So I think it was a fantastic achievement to go up in the first place. This season, it's just about surviving. And, and yeah. if you can survive, yeah. you'll give yourself a base then, won't you? Whether it's goal difference or... Yeah, however it comes. Yeah. Coming down to in the in the World Cup, was it? Is, did that actually finish that game on card I, I, difference? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it, it did finish on card. It, it finished on card difference. Yeah. If you oh, think we've 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 been up the last well, we've been promoted to this division sort of three times in the last three decades, and and every time the first season back, the crucial thing is to is just to survive. You know, yeah. just just be above that dotted line at yeah. the end of the season, and then kick on. You know, then move on. You know, be Absolutely. realistic. You know, so I mean, if um, that'd be three of three down on 2014. We would have went up. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's, that's... I think um, Mick Scully's asking if um, if, if you know if there's any gates at home games going to be televised soon. Have you had a look a little peek at that diary? Um, I. Don't Probably think not. I'll answer it for you, Adam. <laughs> I don't think there's any in January, but whether there will be going forward, I'm, I'm yeah. sure, I, I can remember. I, I've definitely done a, a live game there. I tell you, yeah. the last game I did there was, if memory serves me right, it was against Lincoln when Lincoln yeah. scored. Oh yeah, was it Nathan Arnold? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nathan yeah. Arnold. Yeah, I think that was the last one on the day. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the last live yeah. game I I did there. I think. Oh, but, a little, um, a little nudge and a wink into let's get me. To it, <laughs> I like you know what? The amount of people that, particularly on things like Twitter, people will be like, "Sort it out, get us, get us yeah. on." I'm like, it's got absolutely nothing to do with me. <laughs> not, I don't beat the games. <laughs> I, I tell you what, uh, I, I know no, why they're on. Spit it out. The, Come the, on, son. the media, the media, darlings. When you straight away at the start of the season, not to count your Exeter, Chesterfield, Southend, Oldham, Scunthorpe. Well, I knew they were going to take a big part straight away. <laughs> it, it because does. They're the ex league clubs. So yeah. it because if, if they're paying to put it on, they they want the biggest viewers. To, that's 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 yeah. I think to be honest, we've we've always taken the view. I'll well, say we. I, I I when I say I don't have any say in the. I, I genuinely mean that I have nothing to do with. It. It's no. well above my pay grade, but I I know that. It's a big thing at BT that we show everybody at least once in that first half of the season yeah. um, and that you spread the love around and, and get teams on, on TV. And I think every year I've been doing it, I think 
one or two times there might have been a difficulty in terms of a game got postponed through the waterlogged pitch or whatever, and then they weren't quite able to show a team in the time period we'd wanted to. But I think by and large, they do a really good job of, of trying to get everybody on in the first half of the season at least once. And I think the second half of the season, uh, it's clear that the fixtures are going to be more cherry picked because you're going to be look well, word what because yeah. people want to see well, will it affect the promotion race? Will it affect the relegation battle? So I think you have to. You know, in terms of the picking of the fixtures, you have to go where the stories are, I suppose, particularly in the second half of the season. But certainly look to get everybody on in the first half of the season, yeah. Definitely. Well, it worked out quite cunny when you got Maidenhead versus Gators because that allowed BT to get us both out the way so we didn't have to play all season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so cynical. Not, not, that I'm bitter, not that I'm bitter at him, of course. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, well right, if yeah. we do come to get to the stadium, we'll get them to zoom in on you at half time when you're eating your pie, Mickey. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, we've got a message here. Yo yo and is so stressful sometimes I think it'll be easier just not watching. Well, that's not the spirit, is it? That's where it is. Um so if anyone's got a message for Adam, uh please do send them in. Um I've been mucking about today. I've got a new segment here. I'm gonna pretend that the Gator players have sent these videos in <laughs> lookalikes. <laughs> Um, so uh, Adam will not know who these people look like, but they, 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 they've got a, a small resemblance. Uh, Kitman Dave Allen has been teaching the lads how to dive on a match day. Um, I'll get this up one second, I'll make sure I get the right one. There we go, there we go. And <laughs> um, Will Harris has been trying to copy him. <laughs> But Dave Allen eventually got it right. Hang on one. There, is that good? Nearly seen it twice. And Ben Clark was at a family uh, party the other week. <laughs> Now, rest assured then, that is none of the real people. If you want to see them live, go and watch. Who was it we'll watch? Go. Uh, who, who was it? I was the other week, Davey. Oh, I can't remember. Um, so, so it ben, was. Yeah. And, uh, right. Aye. Yeah, if anyone... Have you got, lads, got any mess uh, the messages? Any uh, questions for Adam while we've got him here? I was going to ask you how long you've been in, how how long was the, the road to get to where you are now? Yeah. A very long road, really. Um, I started at university in 1999 and I did a, a degree in broadcast journalism and I was there for three years. Then when I left university, it was very difficult really to get work. It's a very competitive industry and it was at entry level. It's It's quite difficult to get in, I suppose. So I ended up doing what's called... RSLs, which is restricted service licenses, where maybe a radio station or radio or a company wants to perhaps try out a particular geographical area to apply for a radio license. So they do effectively like a month trial. So yeah. they try out the area and the area tries out them. So they put a very low paid skeleton staff in to just, just experience the area really. So I did that in a 
we, we were based in a caravan. We did it in Torbay and we did it in Barrow. Um, so I did two of those, and oh, that so was you, my. So you, got, you got the prime locations, yeah, <laughs> yeah, both in supermarket car parks as well. So yeah, that was that was, yeah. That was my first sort of uh, introduction to to working in radio, and I did a couple of those. Um, and then my first job in radio was at a, a very small local radio station in Mansfield, a commercial station, um, where because of the size of the station, that you had to really muck in and do everything. So I went in as a newsreader. That was what I was employed as. But I, I did everything there, presenting, um, football reporting, OBs. And it was actually it was actually there where they first got me to do actual commentary um, in 2003. And the, the very first game I did, I remember coming off air and thinking, right, that's what I want to do. And it might take me a while to get to the point where I can just do that. But that's really what I, I got bit by the bug that day, really. Um, addictive, isn't it? Yeah, it was at Abbey Stadium in um, Cambridge. Cambridge Mansfield won yeah. 2-1 and the, Mansfield finished the game with nine men. Um, Keith, <laughs> Keith Curl was face-to-face with a copper on the pitch at the end. It was, <laughs> it was, it was chaotic. And I just remember coming yeah. off and thinking, I want a bit more of this. And, and, and yeah. yeah, and I just sort of very, very gradually over the course of, well, as you can say, I mean, that was 2003. So over a very long period of time, very gradually working my way up the ladder of, I suppose I've, I am where I am now, but it was a very long process to, to get to this point. Yeah. And so, what, so Adam, you t- you talked about some, uh, you know, these great grounds you've been to Wrexham and, and Notts County and all these, is there any on your sheet where you go, Oh God. Oh no. I not get it. <laughs> well, the one thing I will say about Gateshead is that it's not easy to make out the players when you're that far from the pitch. I've got. Oh, oh, I'm not far. Have you ever been to level seven at St James's? <laughs> that, I tell you, that is that is that is. I did uh, Newcastle Liverpool during uh, when the COVID situation, so the ground was empty, and we were very fortunate that we were still able to go to grounds and commentate when during that period. But I remember it was at the time when. Remember when the the fake crowd noise was being piped in, yeah. and oh, yeah. Yeah. certain noises would be piped in for certain situations. For example, a goal. So it would yeah. be somebody literally yeah. pressing a button that was meant to resemble the goal. What's noise. that going into your ears as well? Yeah, it was going into my ears. So oh. there was one of the Newcastle players has hit a shot, and it's gone about I'd say about five yards wide. So I've said in the commentary, or oh, you know, whatever, it's gone wide, and the 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 the, the noise in my ears went, yeah. Like <laughs> I'm like I'm like a nervous wreck. I think have I have I missed a goal here? Because you're quite far from the pitch there, you see as well. And yeah. with with the numbers, I think it's red on black and white. Yeah. And you, yeah. which is which is a nightmare to pick out. Though I don't know why, but it's really not easy on yeah. the eyes. Red uh, red on black and white stripe. So yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but no, there's not really. A, there's not. There's some gantries that I've been up that I. That I don't really enjoy going up, if I'm honest. Yeah. Grimsby was always a nightmare because Grimsby, you have to go up through a hole in the roof, then you have to walk across the roof, which is quite an old roof. Yeah. <laughs> in the background, and then you have to go down another hole in the roof, and then you know those ladders that you see on on the um, the motor, the overhead signs on motorways where they've got those little ladders that've got circles in them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to go. 
you have to go down one of them. And when you're going down that, all the fans can see you. So, of course, they're all going, ooh. I remember at Barrow, I think it was it Barrow? I think it was oh, Barrow. Barrow. Yeah. And basically at Barrow, it was, it was like, it was like, a painter and decorator's ladder, but about if you imagine the average painter and decorator's ladder, it's probably about four times as high. Yeah. It was just one straight ladder. And I just oh. remember looking at it and thinking, I've got two kids, I've got to get up and down this ladder safely. <laughs> I'm guessing I've, I've been in the radio one there where you've got the hole for putting your FX mic out to get yeah. the crowd behind yeah. a glass window. It's really it's strange but great at the same I'm, time. I remember getting three quarters of the way up this ladder and I could feel these uh, the eyes of this guy watching me the whole time I was like because I was going Adam Virgo always takes the mick out of me going up ladders because I'm not great on him there was I've got about I thought you were going to say that I could feel this man looking at my buns of steel as I walked no 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 it was was just you know when someone's looking at you as if to to say god what's wrong with him and when I got about three quarters of the way up he went we'll put in the lift in next week mate (laughs) (laughs) Who are the commentators' uh, in, in, inspirations and had the biggest influence on you and you and helped you in your career? Um, I think I tr- I've always tried with with commentary to try and sort of have my own style, if if you know what I mean. But but I've had people who over the years, I suppose, you know, if I think back to when I was really young, I can remember just sitting with boxes of VHS tapes watching get not because I wanted to be a commentator but just because I love watching football really yeah and I remember watching sort of old compilation videos and I suppose at the time I mean I'm a child of the 80s and the 90s so the commentators then were John Motson, Barry Davis, um, Brian Moore yeah, yeah people like that so I suppose in my early it's almost um, subconscious. subconscious yeah that's the right word subconscious sort of influences would have been them um, and I think I always, maybe as sort of my early 20s, I remember having a real sort of uh, admiration for Clive Tilsley as I started to think about, you know, that was something that I, I fancied doing. Um, but nobody that I've ever said that I've sort of tried to imitate or copy. I've, I've always l- sort of looked at things I like that certain people do, looked at things that I don't like and, and try to be my own man. But yeah, there are. I think if you're a commentator, it's very hard not to admire the poetic uh, language skills of Peter Drury. I think he's the the best in the business in that respect, in terms of you know being being able to, um, yeah, almost poetic. Really, I, I yeah. think Peter's hard to beat in that respect. But that's just one for me. That's just one facet of commentary. There's many other things that, in my opinion, go well, into a good commentary. About, about another facet of commentary: uh, the difference between radio commentary and TV commentary. Oh, yeah. uh, well, they're completely different skills, really, because with Radio commentary, obviously, you are everyone's hanging on your word because you're you're their eyes essentially. Yeah. So you know you're having to talk oh, a lot more because you're having to describe everything and but also provide a bit of color at the same time. It can't literally all just be you know so and so passes to so and so passes to. Yeah. You've got to have a little bit of stuff to break it up with with your co-commentator as well. Um, I think being able to 
with radio commentary, being able to paint pictures with words was the way it was first described to me by my first boss in radio. Mm-hmm. He, that was the way he phrased it to me. You've, you've got to be able to paint those pictures. So that's what I would say to anybody is the big difference because with TV, very often less is more. I'm very conscious with TV that sometimes I will just put my mic down for five or 10 seconds and I won't say anything because I think people need you to be constantly yeah. talking for the whole time. It's, it's, it's just too much, but it's great to have lots to say, but I think you've just sometimes just got to let it breathe. So sometimes less is more. Even when there's a goal scored, you might notice, particularly mm-hmm. if it's in a um, if it's in a, a big stadium with a loud crowd and it's maybe for the home side, sometimes your best friend is that three or four seconds after the yeah. goal's been scored where there's that huge roar and you just don't need to say anything because nobody really wants you to talk over the top of that. They just want to hear the crowd noise. So, yeah, there are there are big differences between the two. Adam, you should you ever... tell Adam Burgo that. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, do you ever do you ever critique yourself? Do you ever listen back to your commentary, or like yeah. recorded game, and sort of you know analyze it and go, "Well, could do better." Or you know. yeah, yeah, all the time. I did it yesterday. Yeah, I did watched it? back the. Uh, I did a game for ITV on Sunday. I did the FA Cup and I watched the whole game back um, and picked out things that I liked and I didn't like. And that for me is one piece of advice I would give to. Anybody with aspirations, not just to be a commentator, but to work in the media in general. I think you have to be your own worst critic. It makes me laugh if you, I do okay on things like Twitter. I don't actually get that much stick, thankfully, but there are, I know there are a lot of people who sadly do. Um, but it's funny because if someone criticizes me on, on Twitter, it's like, well, I'm my own worst critic anyway. You won't say anything. You won't notice anything or say anything that I've not thought. If I make a mistake, I'll, I'll apologize. If I know if I've made a mistake, yeah, I'll you know yourself. It. And, and I, yeah. if, if you're honest with what you're doing, I think it, it comes across as more one hundred percent, not as robotic. So, yeah. uh, same, same question to you, Davey. Do you do you listen to yourself? Do you, do you critique yourself a little bit? Yeah, he does obviously. Look what he does. I do, of course, I do. <laughs> Especially when I'm watching the highlights and I'm screaming like a. Like, like a fan, um, and I'll tell him as well. I know. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, his big, you're his biggest critic. What, what I I'm find is, well, I can uh, maybe I've, I've done a game and I've felt that the game's been all right, but my performance has been. I, I felt like maybe I wasn't at the races, and I felt like maybe I was a little bit behind the the the, the flow of the game. And I've listened to it back, and it's been perfectly all right. But in my own mind, it just yeah. I was overthinking it during doing it instead of just letting it flow, which is mm-hmm. I find the best way. But uh, that's part yeah. of it, yeah. I think sometimes you can beat yourself up too much. I always remember um, an example of that being one of the a really dramatic game that I covered. I think it was in 20, 2018 when Tramia had a player had a player sent off thirty seconds into the promotion final, mm-hmm. and they went on to win. And I always remember the winning goal that was scored by James Norwood. I remember at the end of the game, putting my mic down and thinking, I'm really annoyed with myself. I didn't do that goal was a massive goal for that football club. It was so important to all those fans. And I, I just don't think I did that justice. That was yeah. just the feeling I came away with. And you know what? That goal in terms of supporter feedback and the amount of people who've stopped me or spoken to me about it or sent me a message about it, at that goal, I would say I've had as probably as much, if not more, response positive response from Tranmere fans to that goal than probably <laughs> any other goal I've done. So that just shows you how sometimes yep. you can think, oh, didn't, but they just said it wasn't particularly complicated what I said. It was it was fairly simple, but for them, 
it just stuck in their minds and, and they really liked it. So the, the that's only, an example of where you can overthink it. I have is that some take, well, they the use my commentary, the club, thank you. Luckily, they use it on the highlights afterwards. And I'm always conscious, did I get the details right? Because it'll obviously be showing up straight away if you, if you, <laughs> you misdescribe it. And it's only happened once or twice. I've I, I got players confused in the um, when they went for a header on a corner and picked out the wrong player, but we're not both up together. It was, you know, and we don't get replays, of course. So it, that's happened a couple of times. But uh, luckily, I've been quite all right with details sometimes <laughs> i've never never made a big balls up but uh yeah that's that's my only fear especially when it's put on the highlights because it's, it's there to be seen and can be picked apart but when did you when did you first start commentating davy when was your first games uh 2017 um the, the first season when steve watson came yep. so it was, it was good football obviously we had that uh we got to the fa trophy semi-final where i've got that uh, goal where I'm screaming when Scott Barrow scored from about 45 yards. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's it's a learning curve. Every every game's a you know it's a, every game's its own challenge. Some you'll think, oh, that was easy. And other games, it's like pulling teeth. You, you, you're trying to find something to talk about in in a drab game is probably one of the worst things ever. <laughs> Especially if you're doing it solo as well. If you haven't got a co commentator, you can be like. Ah, oh, this is this is this is horrible to watch. God knows what it's like to listen to. Your, your core commentator must make or break it. If you've got someone who you respond well to, do you find that Adam? Do you find the sort of someone you're alongside? Do you, you know, do you, do you, obviously it helps if there's someone good. You know, and you're bouncing off and, and and feeding off that energy as well. Yeah, yeah, energy is a good word to describe it. If you've got um, that sort of rapport with somebody like I have with Adam because we've done so many games together and the thing with Adam as well is that it's a really important thing for a co-commentator is that I trust him because I trust that he, he he's knowledgeable about the subject that he's talking about and he does the research and he goes out and he speaks to people and he he finds out about the clubs that he's covering so it's really important for me that because I then that breeds confidence within me because I know that I don't have to be tre- treading on eggshells I don't have to be second guessing what I may be asking because I'm not confident whether I'll get the whether I'll get a responsive answer back with Adam I know that I could pretty much say anything to him about that game that we're covering and I know I'll get a good answer back you see and that's that's really important I mean I had someone that I worked with for the first time the other day Courtney Sweetman Kurt we were doing the Women's Champions League and we'd never we'd literally never met each other until we we commentated wow. and we we sometimes that can be difficult because if you've never met with someone you can't really have you, naturally you can't have much of a rapport but yeah. we just we just bounced each, off each other really well as really naturally and it really it was really good I had similar with Glenn Hoddle at um, mm. When I was working for BT, I covered a game with Glenn and we only met five or ten minutes before. It was a West Ham-Fulham game, if memory serves me right. Um, and we'd only met five minutes or so before. And, um, yeah, we just kind of bounced each off. I, I think, think summarising well. is harder than commentating, I think, because uh, you've got to you've got to go with the mood of what's happening, get it in there, get the right details in there, pick the right things, whereas commentator you've kind of it's there for you to talk about what uh, you know what's going on in front of you um, and yeah. i have a message here um don't know if it makes you sick but what, does it make you sick when some retired footballers a minimal media training gets a plum job commentating in the premiership world club etc uh, because of their fame no i think what i would always say in terms of ex-pros working in in the game is and if any of them as they regularly do when i work with them for the first time they might say you know what, what you're looking for from me well you know 
what I'm looking for from them is is to tell me and tell the viewers something that we don't know because we've not played the game to a Premier League or a Champions League level. So you, that's what you're there for. You're there to to say what the you know we've we all watch a lot of football and I'm sure we could all analyze a game and and you know we'd all be able to do it to a degree of competency because we watch so much football. I, I don't subscribe to this argument that, that your opinion isn't valid unless you played the game professionally. Yeah. I think that's a load of bollocks personally. But I, I, I do think that, that the the opinion of um, people who've played at the very highest level or to any professional level, they can, they can sometimes see things that, particularly tactically, that you and I might not pick out or are less likely to pick out. So it's always... Tell me something I don't know is what I would always say to a commentator. So I think that that's very valuable knowledge to have. Um, so, no, I don't really look at it like that. I think there is different skills in broadcasting of football mm-hmm. and and there are skills that are more suited to somebody who's played the game and there are skills more suited to a natural, to somebody who's more who's a broadcaster. Um, so, no, I don't, I, I've never really looked at it like that, no. Um, got a message from Sean Parry. There's a lot come in. Uh, for everyone, who would be your ideal manager to interview from any era? Oh, wow. Um, not uh, Brian Clough. Wow. Um, <laughs> Brian Clough. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure I'd have enjoyed interviewing Brian Clough. To be honest. I, I, think it, I think the thought of it is not nicer than the, the, probably what the experience would be. But, yeah. Uh, I interviewed Sir Alex Ferguson when I was, I was, Ooh. I was in my early thirties when I interviewed him. And I remember, I remember being a little bit apprehensive beforehand and I interviewed him. The interview actually went pretty well. And I remember after, as soon as I'd finished the interview, he said, he went, very good, well done. And I thought, that's not good that he said that because I must have given him too easy a ride if he's telling yeah. me, if he's saying well done. <laughs> so I, I always say, I mean, I'd, to be honest, these days, I don't tend to do that much post-match interviewing because I tend to just do the commentary. But um, I've often found, because I've got a journalistic background in news, and I've very often found football post-match interviews I don't know, a bit frustrating because for me, they shouldn't be called interviews That because an interview is where you probe and you get under the skin of something and you ask difficult questions. I don't think in football manager interviews really, particularly post-match and pre-match, they're not interviews, they're promptings. They're just... Yeah. They're it's, just putting it's a, party line on there. Yeah, yeah I, th- no. I think... Don't, I don't mean that to... to uh, to put down the, the job of doing those interviews because I actually think it's an exceptionally difficult role that is maybe undervalued by a lot of people as to how difficult that is, the, the, the post-match and pre-match interviews. They're very, very difficult situations to manage sometimes, particularly if you're interviewing somebody who's in a mood because they've lost. You know, they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not easy to manage, and believe me, I've done, lo- I've done lots of them. Um, so I'm not putting down that skill at all, but... I, they're not for me what I would determine is with a news background. They're not interviews, really, to be honest. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't know really what I would use to describe them, but but they're not really interviews. But it's, it's more just yeah. a reactionary. Yeah, you, you're sort of it. you're sort of just trying to tease things out of somebody, really. Not, I would say, an interview is where if I've interviewed a politician in the past or a councillor, or I'm looking to try and. I'm looking to try and get a story out of them. Whereas I think you do, do that. From it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think I think I think to a degree you are looking to get a story. Naturally, you are. I mean, of course you're looking to get a story, but yeah, I don't I don't really I probably not explain that very well, but I I just no, think I, I I think in terms of people I would like would, would like to interview. Wow. Um yeah. 
if I was doing an interview where I could sit down and really speak to them properly, you know, like for 20 minutes, half an hour, to be honest, just about any any of them. I mean, I phoned up Paul Warren, the Derby manager, before the cup tie at the weekend, and we chatted for about half an hour, and some of the stuff he told me was just brilliant. You know, stories and, and experiences, and I said to him at the end of it, I said, you know what? we're missing a trick in the media. We should have a show where there, it's just two or three managers sat in a room and we, and there's a, there's a presenter and we, they just chat and they just tell stories. I'll give you an example. Have we got time for me to give you a quick story? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So he was telling me about his experience. I said, who's your inspirations as, as a manager? Um, and he, he listed a few and the manager's name, who because oh, he, he said a few now, and I'm, I don't want to get this wrong. So I won't say who the manager was unless it comes to me in my head while I'm telling you the story. But he was playing for this particular manager and he said it was at the end of the season and uh, they, I think they needed a few points to stay up and the form wasn't good. And he said before this particular game, if you picture all the players are sat in the dressing room and the manager is in the shower, which has got a wall, so the, so the players can't see the manager, they can just hear him. So the manager's saying, I'm sick of you lot. You're all on the beach already. You're all on your summer holidays. You've all got your beach towels out. You're, you, you're not interested. You, you've all given up. I'm sick of it. So he's, he's ranting and ranting and raving and the players are all sat there. And the next thing, he comes out from behind the wall and he's got a scuba diving mask on, swimming trunks. <laughs> and of course, the whole, the whole dressing room just fell about laughing and it changed the mood. And I think he said they went and won the game, you know, and stayed yeah. up. And it was just... Yeah, it was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember who it was because we talked about loads of different managers. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, that and so just a little example of well, to, any to manager. On a late note here, I've uh, got another question from uh, Mick Scully. But do you ever find yourself commenting on your wife when she does things around the house just to keep your hand in? <laughs> no. <laughs> the amount of times that's one of the most common questions that that I get asked is. You know, people have genuinely asked me, do, you know, when you're like making your tea, do you, do you like say, oh, he's putting the, I'm putting the water now into the uh, the pan and uh, switching on the hob? <laughs> of course I don't. <laughs> I didn't know what he was going to say when he said with, with the wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, I say, Adam, thank you very much because we're, we're going to go on to previewing the game at the weekend. Okay. You've been an absolutely fantastic guest. No worries. Yeah, um, thank you. Say, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Tremendous. And, yeah, we, we look forward no to when you get to commentate on Gator again. No problem. All the best to look yeah, I look, I look forward to seeing the stadium in about four years' time, Adam. <laughs> we'll be there. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. just ignore Adam. Thanks a lot, Adam. <laughs> Cheers. There we go. That was Adam. What a, what a fantastic guest that we had there. Um, I think we could have spoke to him for about four hours. Um, right. right. Um, well, we're going to play a little advert, and when we come back, uh, we'll start talking about the weekend. Of course, all the shot at home. Uh, just before we go on to the game, uh, you may have noticed your follow on social media that uh, Gator physio Chris Bell quite enjoys riding his bike. <laughs> Um, <laughs> 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 a bike rider than that. I'm, I'm down with the gym again I'm this week. I'm glad it's past. 
there we go. So that's, that's Dan Ward. Did you see that? Yeah, it's Dan Ward at the gym after yeah. curry meat with the lads. We'll just watch that one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> Me thinks that was wet. Um, right. uh, <laughs> Sorry, things like that just tickled me. Oh, well, that's a new set. That's brilliant. Uh, look alike. Get the band. Get the band. We are. Um, so we're going to try and keep that up each week. Um, <laughs> long staff thing. We got we got into it a little bit with Adam there. Um, rumours of a one million pound transfer to a number of championship clubs. Um, amazing stuff. Uh, as I say, I don't know. If, I don't think there is a sell-on because there was a, it was an activated clause, and uh, you can't negotiate when it's activated. So that would say that was that. Um, got a message from Sam Pellon. Evening, gents. Good point uh, down at Torquay. Hopefully, we can follow up a win on Saturday against Aldershot. Well, that brings us up uh, for Aldershot. Davy, I believe you're going to be able to be there. Yes, I'm going to be there as well. Yes, getting in last. Unfortunately, I can it, so there won't be any commentary from us. Um, I'm on uh, birthday party duty with my son as my wife is busy, so unfortunately, I won't get that. And I think that'll be my last game this year because um, the Dagenham and Redbridge game uh, was uh, postponed or moved the fixture, um, so that isn't happening now in uh, December. Uh, because of their FA Cup uh, replay uh, that they've got. And I am unfortunately unable to do the Gloucester City game as well due to uh, family uh, things I've got to do. Uh, so uh, who knows? Maybe you'll get the mother-in-law to uh, babysit. She doesn't watch. She doesn't watch, I'll ask. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Um, predictions for everybody. Uh, look, this is a game. All the shot aren't you know, setting any worlds, you know, any any on setting the world on fire at the minute they're languishing down there towards the relegation spot Just it's got to be so dead, yeah i know true true but you know we've got to get something out of this game you would think well i was talking before the south end game uh, we obviously had the dagenham game as well and i was that was south end all the shot talkie dagenham I says I, I was looking at a minimum of eight points. Yeah. If you're talking about getting out of this bottom four, you're looking at a minimum of eight points. Well, it's going to take, gonna take two wins to get out of the relegation zone now. And uh, the form we're in at the moment, yes, we've got beaten the FA Cup, but you know we beat Southend, we've got a draw point on the road. We've got a team down the bottom end with us. A point is a minimum. We've got to get got to get something out of this game. I, I think we're keeping Mickey up. Are you all right then, Mickey? <laughs> oh, it was a long night last night and busy today. I do apologise. <laughs> I told you, keep them dogging sessions to 45 minutes only. I wish um, I was dogging sunshine. <laughs> um, on, uh, on the prediction front, we've got a 3-1 to Gateshead and a 2-1 as well there. So keep them coming in as well. Yeah, it's a, game, it's a game we've we've got to win. I mean, it's it's yeah, we're in. We're, you know, we've as you said, we've turned the corner slightly with that Torquay result in the uh, South End, and obviously the positives from Stevenage. All the shots home. It's a game you look at and you think you've you've got to go after those three points, haven't we? Um, you know, we've struggled against some of these teams at the bottom, as I mentioned earlier. But you know, we've we've we need to win. We need to win. You know, to haul us haul us out of that bottom four. Definitely. The I mean, is I'm... as well, lads. Adam Campbell wasn't playing on Saturday. Neither was Greg Ollie. Greg Ollie was out injured. Ah, uh, true. It's still and no Tinks, story. Yeah. Tinks might be fit. 
Tings told me a couple of weeks back that we it was it's two weeks. So who knows? We could have Tingler, Ollie, and Campbell, mm-hmm. Louis Story. It'd be fantastic to have a full squad to pick oh, from. I mean, just, just yeah. looking at that league table, though, lads. You know, three big clubs below us, a, a plethora of big clubs above us. Um, but York, they seem to be in free fall at the moment. Obviously, yeah. haven't got the new manager. That could happen soon. We know there's a new manager effect happens quite often. Yeovil and Maidstone just seem to be turning that corner and picking up a couple of wins and not losing in the last four. Well, um, Maidstone have the last three unbeaten. Um, we're just behind them then. Who we can follow in the same vein as them and get ourselves into that mix of them clubs around the 17th spot? Yeah, definitely. I, I can't see why we can't. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we're starting to get players back. If yeah. we can get Tinkler's a massive part of our back four. Kenton and Magnier. I mean, Magnier has been a, a fan. Oh. He's been absolutely brilliant since he stepped into the breach this year. He certainly has. And. You know, the team's just getting stronger, hopefully. Well, the, the, the team spirit seems to have never left, even though, you know, when we are rock bottom, um, even though we're there for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's still, you know, positive things. We're starting to see the, them players come back. We've got a question, Mickey. How did the ladies do at the weekend? The lasses got beat 3-2 on Sunday. They were 2-1 up at half time. Uh, played well up until... I don't think they come out second half. They had enough chances in the second half, but weren't cohesive. You could tell we hadn't played for three weeks. Mm-hmm. You really could tell. Um, yeah. It was good to see Libby West back in a gated shirt again. Uh, she's come back from Bolden. Uh, and Crid again um, just signed from Gated Rother for a few weeks back. And since she's come in, she is a quality player. And I just uh, think also I've seen on social media as well. Hopefully, Dion Slade gets well soon. She had a big egg on her ankle that she posted on social media, so hopefully she's uh, back. Well, uh, a few tackles flying. It was, it was no quarter given, no quarter asked, and uh, I know our lasses and us on the line weren't too happy with their manager. He's a bit of a bit of a knob, to be fair. Words of Mickey Barris, not the Heat Army podcast. Uh, Barry Lee has put, uh, why did Blackett go? Well, there was a transfer offer come in and uh, the club accepted it. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's, uh, that, there's nothing, uh, no, I rumors, no nothing. I think that was good business, personally. Uh, yeah. Um, I say, I wish Paul Ball the best. I, I liked him in, in a gated shirt, but, um, you know, it's, it's uh, the lads are stepping up uh, in his absence. And, um, I say, I wish. All, all the best in the future. Um, so Connor Carty looks all right, mate. Yeah, Connor Carty mm. looks, uh, looks a good uh, loan sign, looks uh, strong, fast, and hopefully we see more of him and hopefully he may grab something on Saturday. Uh, remember, it is a 12.30 kickoff. If you all just joined us, of course, the old uh, the Dagenham and Redbridge game on the 10th has been uh, postponed because of the uh, replay uh, earlier in, I think it's just two days before, isn't it? Or uh, yes. on the Thursday. Yeah. Um, so, understandably, I know there's a lot of Dagon Redbridge fans had already booked the tickets and hotels. They were quite upset about that. Understandably so. Um, but you can see why it's been... Um, yeah, I can't, but I think it's yeah. about time football authorities took into consideration football fans because it's, it's happened up from the top top league all the way down to the bottom. It's happening all the time. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, and we know it's a lot of money, hotels in Newcastle City Centre, not only the travel and, and everything else. And, you know, it's train, coaches, it, it's a lot of money. And uh, even if it's a small club or a big club, you know, the fans all seem to be the, the, the last uh, to be thought about, really, in these circumstances. Yeah. So, yeah, a uh, bit of a gutter on that front. But, I think uh, it, the TV companies, are, if they're going to want to change the games, they should become financially um, responsible for them. Yeah, I think and they book the hotel and train tickets and they kind of use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been happen- happening for years and they won't, yeah. you know, set up a website where if you, as long as you provided your, your evidence that you had paid and receipt, you should get reimbursed in this yeah, day especially with the amount of money that's in the game from TV rights and advertising. Um, we're talking about advertising. We'll put a, a little advert up on uh, what you should do to like and subscribe. And when we come back, if you want to get any final messages in, please do send them. We went a little bit over, but we had a great guest in Adam Summit. And, uh, it was a pleasure talking to him. I think we've got to talk for hours. Uh, but uh, we'll be back just after this. The Heat Army podcast needs your help. No, we don't need money. All we need is you to do one simple thing. It'll take less than a second if you could hit that like button, the subscribe button, and share whatever post that we put up regarding Gator Football Club. It'll go a long way in helping the show build and ultimately helping us push the club to the moon. Uh, we are back. We've got a message from Meg Baker. She's put, hi, you two. It's you three, actually. Uh, <laughs> listening and watching. Uh, see you on Saturday. Well, you won't see me, sadly. Um, yeah, but uh, get down. See and, Meg. Yeah, let's see. Meg's a good luck charm as well. So get down there. And uh, yeah. And in case anyone didn't notice. Yeah, oh, everyone knows who Meg is, man. It's, it's, it's the eye candy of the stand. Um, um, another one from Barry Lee Lewin signings are good but we can never sign them because of the contracts and transfer fees not always the case we've uh, signed quite a few over the over the years actually um, we've got uh, a million pound for Langstaff that could benefit Notts County a bit if they want to get more good players in the EFL uh, or non-league sides yeah um, you know, it, it's trickle down economics it, it does go down because they'll go out to replace them um, just the way it's worked out in our favour hasn't been that good, but at the end of the day, we got a good transfer fee, and you know we're banging on a you know an old drum. Yes, we could let him go for nothing, but you signed a contract and went for the the release clause, so all well and good. And uh, say every party got something out of it. Uh, can't be too greedy, can we? Um, Liv Walden has put um, what, what's one second? Uh, well done, lads. Uh, well done to the lads who in November. Uh, I was saying, well, yeah. we haven't done it, but ne- I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this now. Uh, Jarvis, uh, that was a pathetic attempt at November. A cat could have lift that off. High wind yeah. would have took that off. He looked oh. like Judge Bingo and the Tombstone, didn't he? <laughs> he did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, I, was, I put on Twitter, Adam, Adam, Adam Campbell was either something good, who, he dares, who dares wins? No, you fight us, yes, brother. He was the fourth Earth, brother. Um, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, I'm only jo- I'm, I'm no, I've got yeah, a fine gro- I've got a fine growth now, but that's only just started happening in the last five years. If I had been Dan Jarvis's age, I wouldn't have uh, been able to grow it bum fluff. So uh, there we go. Uh, so you know. Turkish barber goes to says I have strong beard. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, who is our outstanding players this season? Do you think I'd say Magni? Uh, I surprised a few, wasn't he? Yeah, Ma- Campbell. Mark is doing well, Campbell for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Mickey. I go with Campbell at the moment. Yeah, he's been class, but we knew he was, you know. Yeah, he uses in, it. in the second half of the season, the right and right card will prove everyone wrong. <laughs> Fingers crossed. If there, if there ever was any doubters, uh, Jarvis has a fake beard being blown away by the wind before taking that photo. <laughs> and, um, hey, hey uh, by the way, the previous question, by the way, Monty, Monty I know I know he didn't start the yeah. season, yeah, but he, he's, he's played, he's been solid. He's been solid. Well, Monty played at Dagenham and he was excellent there. Yeah, he, he was. In that game and... That's right, he did. Aye, aye, he's, he's worth a shout. Anyway. He's some boy we've got here. They look more like 70s porn stars. <laughs> And, uh, I yeah. wouldn't know. Neither would I. I, 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 I watched even... any. What, what is porn? Is that is that where you sell something in a shop? Who uh, was that, Darren? Or uh, Liv? Darren. Darren. Darren, if you want to bring a stash, I'll have a look just for research. <laughs> <laughs> a mustache. There's <laughs> Mickey on the map there just stroking Darren's face. <laughs> <laughs> is this heed on me nights now, is it? Or we're like heed on me late? <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 we're running over time here. But, um, what about the man pawn? The man pawn, oh yeah. Oh. Did you watch last week? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mickey did send a photo of one of the... Was, they did actually have a tampon up the nose, didn't they, for a nosebleed, yeah. one of the players. Uh, uh, the Canadian player. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. That's the way, that's the way it's got to do. Uh, what's this? Tamble got uh, two and Ollie's on the rocks. Other or rocks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see you Saturday. So there you there go. You if you want to go and tickle his stash, Mickey? You can. Oh, I'll have a, I'll have a good peek. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. If only but, I had something to swap. I know. Uh, fantastic show. Fantastic to have our signing late with us. He, he's doing the. Uh, he was he, was. he was our Lewis Knight of the of the. the, the podcast yeah. He's he come in late, but start with a belt. So hopefully Lewis Knight can do the same. Uh, I've got to say, it was a very promising debut, Mister Gaddis. What do you think? I think he's done all right. I, I think oh, he's, uh, so much. He's went out there and robbed a call centre for his headset. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> this is autistic scene looking for its earphones. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we go off air, he goes back to his other job of just uh, like <laughs> I'm not going to say. Um, anyway, Adam Summit in there. It was absolutely fantastic to have on. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was great top value. Guy, top guy. Uh, absolutely and, brilliant. Uh, say it's been a good show. If you're going to the game on Saturday, enjoy it. Remember, twelve thirty kickoff. Don't be late uh, and uh, say enjoy your Saturday. Be weird to come out when it's still light at the minute on a match day, won't it? it? Will I? Yeah. So uh, warms up a bit. Are you fell down cold? It is out there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about it. I'm down to a quarter of an inch. Um, <laughs> another fab <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, Try and walk with a limp. <laughs> we'll see you all. Put there. 
it's just <laughs> another fab show. And uh, oh, obviously, we'll find out if you get the tickle that stash on uh, Saturday. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, let's get on to the end of the show and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Okay. <laughs>